0: The Tanya of Rabbi Schneir Zalman of Liadi taught by Rabbi Ben-Zion Krasniansky Tanya's text elucidated by Rabbi Yosef Weinberg
1: He says that the, the whole creation is based on kindness because for Hashem, it's a tremendous descent. It's a tremendous suppose, like kindness, like water that flows down to the lowest, to, from the highest peak to come down to the lowest, to take this infinite light and to concentrate it into two letters. It takes a tremendous act of kindness from Hashem. Now, in the beginning, Hashem initiated the kindness. But after the creation of man, everything changed. From that point on, we have to instigate the kindness. We have to evoke the kindness. It's like a marriage, like a relationship. In a relationship, you have to inspire, you have to evoke, you have to seduce, you have to... It's in response, a relationship is in response. You open your heart and and your spouse responds. If you're loving and kind, your spouse will respond. If you're interested, your spouse is doubly interested. If you're not interested, your spouse is doubly not interested. (laughs) Because it's it's a relationship. It's not a mechanical event. It's not you press a button or something happens. There's a relationship now. So it's all up to us. So if we want to evoke Hashem's kindness, we have to act kindly. When we act kindly, then we evoke Hashem's kindness. And although the rabbis say that it's through the studying of Torah that we create the world, we sustain the world, but the rabbis also say that whoever says, all I have is Torah, even Torah he doesn't have. In other words, it's not a, yes, you're right. To build a world is by us studying Torah. We sustain the creation. But, because through Torah you draw down you evoke this tremendous light, this powerful light. But in order to draw down the light, that this light should come down into letters, into words, into, should sustain the world, the world of creation, the world which is made and created through words and letters, in order to take this infinite light, to draw down this light into the words and letters, that it's an act of kindness. So whoever says, I have Torah, and therefore it's enough for me just by studying Torah in order to sustain the world, that's not enough. Because in addition to that, I need the act of kindness that will take this light that I arouse through studying of Torah, and then this light will descend where it needs to, to sustain, create this physical, material, external world. and also draw down all the blessings in a very tangible, concrete way. So that is through the mitzvah of tzedakah. We give tzedakah when we are kind, when we flow from ourselves, and there's a flow from us down to lower than us, to those who are in need, and we generously give, and we open our pockets and open our, our hearts and tangibly give tzedakah. That's how we tangibly and concretize this flow from this infinite light that we evoke through studying Torah, through the act of tzedakah and kindness, we draw it down to the very material, we draw it down to sustain the physical material world. And that's by giving tzedakah those who are humble and downcast. So when we leave our high perch and we look out for those below, those who are low and downcast, we take care of them. So we draw down also Hashem's infinite light also to the lowest level, to our physical world, which is also low and downcast in comparison to the higher worlds. Okay, this is this is the meaning of the verse, second paragraph, page ninety-seven. I mean, the third paragraph, and this is the meaning.
2: And this is the meaning of the verse: Let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, but in this let him glory in understanding and knowing me but in such a manner that it brings about the fulfillment of the phrase that follows for I am Hashem who acts with kindness. We thus see that wisdom is justifiably glorified when it leads to an act of kindness, which in turn evokes a reciprocal act of kindness from above.
1: So wisdom alone is not enough. Mm -hmm. Even though it's the wisdom, the studying of Torah, that draws down Hashem's wisdom, and even from the source of wisdom, but it's only when you emulate Hashem, when you act with kindness, then you draw down Hashem's kindness. In other words, you should only, you should only um, glorify in the acts of doing kindness, because by doing kindness, you cause that Hashem will do kindness. You will cause Hashem to do kindness. So it's our act of kindness that causes Hashem to do kindness.
2: For it is chesed, the kindly conduct of man here below, that results in the fulfillment of the verse, I am Hashem who acts with kindness, with the chesed of Asiyah, and that causes the vitality of chokhmah to issue downwards into the letters of speech, the source of all created being. In the absence of this kindly conduct, the Torah study, as such a person undertakes is called his wisdom alone. He remains in heaven as an untapped resource in which that wise man cannot glory. And there is no downward flow of life from it. Hashem forbid.
1: So this is the importance <coughs> of kindness. Tzedakah and in a broader sense, acts of kindness. Just simple acts of kindness person could take many forms. person needs a word of comfort, comforting the, visiting the sick, comforting the bereaved. person is broken. He just needs a kindness. You know, we, when a person is in need, that's when you appreciate these small acts of kindness. You know, thank God, you're blessed, you don't need anything. You have everything that you need, so you don't appreciate it. But someone who's downcast, and someone who's down, whatever it is, a rich person also needs an act of kindness, kind word. Uh, he's in a, experiencing a tragedy. It's just a simple, small act of human kindness, mental kind, kindness, consideration, thinking of another person, noticing another person. What can I do to help? And it doesn't have to be anything or shattering. Sometimes it's small things. It's just the thought, the consideration, the sensitivity to another person. A person who's wise, he's absorbed in his own world. He's studying Torah. Yes, it's beautiful. It's lofty. It's divine. You're studying Torah. You're immersed in holiness. But the Torah says, don't, don't, don't feel so proud. Because if you just engage in the study of Torah, as lofty as it is and as deep as it is, the life flow will remain in heaven. won't flow down into this world. We need to sustain this world, creation. The only way to sustain creation, to get Hashem, was infinite. That the life flow, the divine flow, should create and sustain and come down to the lowest level and to the letters and to the words. It's only an act of kindness, a divine kindness. It's a gratuitous act of kindness. Existence, creation, Because to Hashem, we are downward and lowly and downcast. And for Hashem to concentrate Himself in two letters, even for us, to concentrate in two letters. Imagine for Hashem, was infinite, to concentrate Himself in two letters. It's a tremendous, it's like the lowest of the low. It's a pure pure act of kindness, pure act of goodness. So the whole creation is based on goodness and kindness. So a person only has Torah in his life and doesn't have any kindness. He has no time for other people, That not sensitive to other people, doesn't know what it means to give a kind word to another person, doesn't know what it means to make a person feel like a million dollars, doesn't know what it means to be sensitive to another person's feelings. Not to another great person, to a low, a downcast person. But just that little word, which that person will never forget, you know, in his moment of need. A person said a kind thing to me, did a kind thing to me. The smallest thing. Can't imagine how people appreciate it. You know, people will never forget. You visit them during Shiva, they'll never forget it for the rest of your life, for their life. You were there for them. When they were in a tragedy, you were there. You took the 15 minutes, you took the effort, you took the time just to come and be there. Hey, I care about you. I'm with you. I can't do much. What can I tell you? There's nothing I can tell you. It's a tragedy, but I'm here with you. You're not alone. That small act of kindness is the greatest thing. Take the time to visit someone who's sick who's stuck, who's thick. I'm here. You're not alone. These smallest things, a smile, an encouraging word, just noticing another person, hearing about another person. These acts of kindness, this is what Hashem is waiting for, this is what Hashem is looking for. This is what sustains the world. Otherwise, the blessings will remain stuck in heaven. It won't flow, it won't come down. So a person who's only into his Torah, and spirituality, and loftiness, and wisdom, and it's wonderful. But he missed the whole point. Because that lofty level that he's drawing down through that, will remain stuck in heaven. It can't come down. It won't flow downward. It won't come down. It won't draw down the blessing. In a very tangible, and a very practical way. And God forbid, the life force that we need, this divine life force that we need, to sustain us in this physical, material, practical, immediate, here and now world, they won't be able to. So the whole world is, is dependent on our acts of kindness. Because when we act kindly, Hashem responds. Hashem will also continue His act of kindness, which is creation. It's a pure act of kindness. Gratuitous act of kindness. <laughs> Hashem does know it's a thing. He gives it to us. We deserve We don't deserve it. We're surely lowly and downcast in comparison to the level that's higher than us, especially to the highest levels. And yet Hashem gives us, and He gives us generously. Every morning we wake up in the morning, it's an act of kindness. Because we owe Hashem. We give Him our souls, and and we're indebted to Him, because we owe Him for all all the things that we didn't do, the right things, all the sins that we did. And yet Hashem doesn't hold it against us and He doesn't take advantage. He gives us, returns us our souls, rested. One has nothing to do with the other. It's a pure act of kindness. Every day. And truth is every moment. We notice it every day when you wake up. But every day is a new day. Every moment is a new moment. So the whole world is based on kindness. That's why in Yiddishkeit kindness is the key. How do you know what a person is all about? Do you want to know what a person is all about? What does it say in Ethics of our Fathers, Chapter Two? Ablaz uh Zakah send us five students. He says, What are the five what's the most important quality in a person? That a person most important quality that a person should acquire? And this one said a good eye and everyone said something else, and Abdullah Zabnara Abelaz- Abelaz- said a good heart, kind heart. Because it's the acts of chesed that really is really the key. It's one of the three pillars that the world stands on. Torah, Vayetan, the Hasada. That's the clincher. The clincher is you can have Torah, you can have prayer, but the clincher is... So a person is so busy in his Torah and so busy and he has no time to notice another human being and has no time to notice. He really missed the whole point. There's a great Hasidic Rebbe I think it was Rabbi in I'm not sure. When he was a child, his father had a very, he was a great rabbi himself, had a, had a visitor, a very prestigious visitor. So he told his son, go, and his son was a prodigy, a brilliant mind. Even as a child, he had a brilliant, he says, go and innovate something in the laws of hospitality. So the son went, left the room, and he comes back ten minutes later, and he says, yeah, fine, let me show you what I innovated. And they brought the guest, the room was all set, the bed was all set. <laughs> that was his great innovation in the laws of hospitality. He simply prepared the room for the guest. You know, he understood what his father meant. But at the, uh, so this is the true brilliance, that when you, Torah has to be coupled together with kindness. Of course, it's the Torah that does it. It's the Torah that connects you with the Divine. It's the Torah that draws down the wisdom that connects with the Infinite. But in order to draw down that you need kindness. So a Torah that's selfish, that's self-centered and self-absorbed, and that doesn't cultivate the sensitivity to another person to help your a, a fellow Jew... The great Rabbi Yitzhak Baditcher, the great Hasidic Master, explained in Ethics of Our Fathers, chapter 2, Mishnah 2, that any Torah that doesn't, is not accompanied by work, the whole Torah, will become nullified, it will lead to sin, it will of it. And he explained, what does it mean? It means any Torah that's not accompanied <clears throat> by love your fellow Jew like yourself. That love, every Jew is a brother and a sister and it's not accompanied by... That's what Malacha means. Malacha here is not literally work, but it means on a deeper level a Torah that's not accompanied with... If the Torah doesn't help you cultivate a sensitivity to another Jew and to love your fellow Jew like yourself and to... doesn't lead you to acts of kindness. It has no work because that's something you have to work on yourself to really feel for another person and to be sensitive for another person then the Torah is a waste of Sefer Betel or come to nothing because the two go hand in hand you can't have a Torah you can't touch the Divine and not be kind it's the kindness that draws Hashem down and that's what Hashem is waiting because the whole act of creation is an act of kindness the whole world is based on kindness And Hashem is interactive. It's up to us to get Hashem to be kind. Hashem is waiting for our act of kindness that will draw Hashem down to do an act of kindness and to continue to create us. This is an essential, essential to the Jew. It's not a detail, incidental, icing on the cake. This is essential. This is what causes Hashem's kindness. This is what sustains the whole world, the whole of existence. All based on acts of kindness. the whole world is based on kindness. Like Avram if you know, a day went by and he, didn't act, he couldn't do an act of kindness. Avram was a disaster. That's why after Avram had the circumcision at the bris, three days went by and he didn't do an act of kindness, he ignored his pain. He, he jumped out of bed, was sitting at the tent waiting. maybe he can find a guest, because he couldn't live with himself. He was more in pain from the fact that three days went by. For the first time in his life, not a day went by without doing an act of kindness. A day that went by without doing an act of kindness to him was an empty day, a dead day. All of his life he was filled with kindness. After three days he was just, he was just, he just was in such pain from the fact that he couldn't do an act of kindness that he was just looking and waiting for the guest. So a day that goes by, just like a day goes by without Torah, is not a day. A day went by, I didn't study a minute of Torah that day. What kind of day is that? A day that goes by and we haven't done a single act of kindness, a person has to do some soul searching. What kind of human being am I? What kind of person am I? I missed my whole, the whole purpose of creation. The whole creation is depending on my kindness. Hashem is waiting for my kindness. And if not, I'm depriving the world of its very existence. Why was Sodom destroyed? There were many terrible things that Sodom did. But the key reason is, it says in Ezekiel and Cheskel, because they were not kind. That was the key reason. They, were, they, they did not give tzedakah. They were not kind. And in their case, it was, it was to an extreme it was a crime to give tzedakah. <laughs> Not only didn't they give tzedakah, it was Lloyd's daughter gave tzedakah and they smeared her with honey and she died a cruel death. They were the Ayn Rand philosophy. They, in principle, they believed it's immoral to give tzedakah. It's immoral to help a person who's in need. Every person has to be strong. For a person to help a person who's weak, it's a weakness. It's immoral to give to tzedak. I once saw her interview and that's what she said. It's immoral to give tzedak. This is Sadaim to such an extent. Individuality run amok to such an extent where not only aren't you generous, but you actually call generosity immoral. This is extreme. Tzedayim was an extreme. Extreme individualism. This is like Nazism, fascism. It becomes immoral to do kind. The whole world is based on Siddakh and generosity and kindness and goodness. Yes, this is what the Jew brought to the world. We're guilty as as charged, and we're very proud of it. <laughs> Not a, it's not taking away from a person's individuality. A person could be very strong and very individualist and we, we prize individualism. But the whole world is based on tzedakah. Our whole existence is based on tzedakah. The fact that we exist is a pure act of tzedakah. It's a gratuitous kindness from Hashem. And we, in turn, have to become godly and godlike and in turn also do gratuitous acts of kindness the people are downtrodden and help them. And the truth is we're helping ourselves more than we help them. We think we're doing kindness to one else. But kindness comes back a thousand times. Literally. In the Hebrew, the word to give, the nasnu, is a polyandrum. It goes backwards and forwards. If you give, it comes right back. If you hit, the ko is also a polyandrum. If it also comes back. So this is what the Alter Rebbe is trying to impress very, very strongly. And this is the whole point of the letter, this very long, profound letter, how the whole world, the whole universe, depends on our generosity, and our kindness, and our, and our tzedakah.
0: The above enables one to understand the statement of <clears throat> Rabbi Isaac Gloria of Blessed Memory, that there are two kinds of souls among Jews, The souls of Torah scholars who engage in the study of Torah all their lives and the souls of those who perform the commandments occupying themselves with charitable and kindly deeds.
1: The entire Jewish people are divided into two groups. The Torah scholars whose main occupation day and night every day all seasons is the studying of Torah. That's their business. That's what they do. And then the rest of the Jewish people who engage in tzedakah and kindness. It doesn't say all the days of their life, because, yes, there are a few Jews, a very select few, that that is all they're engaged in, day and night, tzedakah, but that does not describe the majority. But all the rest of the Jewish people, every one of them, on their own level, is involved with tzedakah, and is involved with good deeds.
0: Now surely, scholars too need to occupy themselves with acts of kindness. As our sages of blessed memory taught, whoever says that he is nothing but Torah, and thus no kindly deeds, does not have even Torah. How then could the Arizal have stated that people with a certain kind of soul invest their lives exclusively in Torah study? The the Rebbe's answer, which follows, takes it for granted that even full-time Torah scholars, of course, spend some of their time in doing good deeds.
1: We just learned earlier, he brought down the rabbi said, whoever says I only have Torah doesn't even have Torah. So everyone has to be engaged in kindness and good deeds. It's not exclusive. No Jew is exempt. Every single Jew, even the one who's the whole day is buried in the books and his nose is in the books 18 hours a day, even that Jew has to act kindly. And we know the greatest Jews. Avram himself was was one of the greatest, was one of the greatest Torah scholars. Everyone has to engage in kindness. No one is exempt. You know, for, for us, the Torah scholars weren't just geniuses. The Torah scholars were paragons of virtue. They were good people. They were kind people. They, they embodied the Torah. They lived the Torah. The Torah wasn't just a scholarly endeavor. It wasn't just an intellectual exercise. The Torah teaches you how to be kind and how to be... So what does he mean? What does the Zohar mean that there are souls who... Um, their whole life is engaged exclusively in Torah.
0: However, as regards Torah scholars whose study of the Torah is their principal occupation and most of their time is spent in it, with only a minor part of their time spent on the performance of kindly deeds, the effect of their arousal from below to arouse supernal chesed, to call forth and bring down with the infinite self light vested in the supernal chokmah, the source of Hashem's Torah which is in their mouths, extends only to the realm of the souls that are in Berea, through their occupation with Gemara. The study of Gemara, inasmuch as it involves reasoning and intellectual give and take, corresponds to the world of Berea, the realm of comprehension, and extends to the angels that are in the world of Yudzira, through their occupation with Mishnah. The Mishnah consists of statements of law, kosher or non-kosher, pure or impure, such bipartite divisions, which are a reflection in the material world below of the divergent attributes of Chesed and Gavura in the realms above, are related to the world of Yetzirah, which is the realm of Mido, the spiritual emotion.
1: Since the rabbis, the Torah scholars, their main occupation is in the study of Torah, so therefore they draw down the light to their level. So those whose minds are engaged in the studying of the Talmud, which means that they understand the laws in depth, they understand it, they get into the reasoning behind the laws, we're not just talking about the technical studying of the Talmud. We're talking about the spirit of the Talmud. They really go deeper into the law, why, and comparing one law to another law, and really understanding it in depth. So their main occupation of Torah is their mind is fully engaged in the studying of the Torah. And they understand it comprehensively and in depth. So they are reaching the level of the world of Bria, which is the world where, which is like the intellectual world, philosophical world, the intellectual world. So they draw down the infinite light to to their level, to the level of comprehension. Then you have those whose main occupation is the Mishnah, which is basically... Cut and dry. This is the law. This is the fact. This one said this. This one said that. Kosher, not kosher. Guilty, not guilty. Pure, impure. What is the law? So this is more like the emotions. Emotions are divided. You have right and left. You have uh, kosher, permitted, not permitted. Lenient or strict. And everything is basically divided into these two categories. You know, kosher, not kosher. Pure, impure. Right, wrong. Truth, false. And that's what the Mishnah deals with. More like the facts the halacha, what is the, what is the rule, what is the law, without really getting into the depth of the analysis behind it, and the understanding behind it, the deep understanding behind the law, the comprehensive understanding. So those souls who his main occupation is studying the Mishnah, because their souls are rooted in the world of Yitziro, which is more the emotional world, so therefore their studying of Torah is also more in the emotional part of the Torah which deals with the facts, right, wrong, true, false and that's the Mishnah, that's the studying of the Mishnah, so they drew down this infinite light to the level of the world of Yitzira, the world of formation which is the emotional world
0: For the animation of souls and angels derives from the combination of the letters of speech, i.e. the oral Torah as it is written in Matach of the severe of makut corresponds to the mouth, which we call the oral Torah The source of the letters, however, is in supernal Chotma, as mentioned above. Thus, through the study of the oral Torah, scholars draw down supernal Chotma into the combination of the letters of speech. This in turn provides vitality to unborn souls and angels.
1: Through studying Torah, we draw down Hashem's light and life force to create the world. Now, All of the worlds, including the higher worlds, the world of formation, the world of creation, are created through Hashem's speech, through the words and letters, which refers to the oral Torah, which is based on the words and letters. When you study the words and letters of Torah, you're drawing down the life force into the words and letters. But you're drawing down into the words of letters, into the inner part of the words and letters. What's the source of the words and letters? Through wisdom. So by studying Torah, which is divine wisdom, and by studying and articulating the Torah, you're speaking the words of the Torah, you're drawing down this life force from the level of the supernal wisdom, you're drawing it down into the souls and into the angels and into the spiritual world. So you're suffusing, you're adding life to the spiritual world. By studying Torah, you're drawing down life to the spiritual world. That's why he said earlier, the Torah scholars are called the builders. They are the ones who who sustain the world. Because after Hashem created the world, now it's up to us. We're in the driver's seat. By us studying the words and letters of the Torah, we draw down the flow of the divine energy to sustain and to animate all the spiritual worlds. So we draw down a new life force into the souls and into the angels. But it remains in the heavenly worlds. It remains in the spiritual realm. Because the Torah is very spiritual. So even when you're speaking the words of Torah, and your mouth, your lips are moving, and you're saying the words of Torah, yes, moving your lips is an act, but it's mainly speech, it's spiritual, it's the content, it's the words. So you're drawing down the divine energy into words. But you're drawing it down to the spiritual world. It doesn't have an impact on the physical world. The Torah does not have an impact on the physical. It remains remains heaven, heavenly impact. But in order to draw down, to have a, a practical impact, a physical impact, that the divine energy should create and sustain the physical, material, tangible, concrete world that we live in, for that the Torah is not enough. The Torah is too lofty, it's too spiritual have an impact in this world it's only through acts of kindness through tzedakah and physical acts of kindness those are concrete those are very tangible and by doing these divine acts of kindness thereby you draw down the divine energy to sustain and to create the physical world, the material world so it has to go much lower the divine energy has to reach a much lower level Yes, through Torah study and through the oral Torah and the Mission and the Talmud and the law, you draw down the uh, divine energy into the spiritual realms. But in order to reach much lower, the divine energy should reach the physical, material, concrete world. For that you need physical acts of tzedakah. Torah alone doesn't do it. And therefore, he's going to say, therefore it's primarily those Jews whose main occupation and main engagement is the physical. They are the ones who are able to draw down the divine energy into the world. Because the, the rabbis, the scholars, whose main occupation is Torah, so although they also do tzedakah, because a person who only has Torah and doesn't have any kindness doesn't have Torah either. You have to live, you have to practice what you preach, you have to live The Torah. They take it to heart and you have to live it. But nevertheless, since 18 hours a day, their main engagement, their mind is occupied, their main engagement is the inner, the studying of the Torah. So the little kindness that they do is not enough to have an impact in this world. To have a real impact in this world is only through acts of kindness. The person, however, whose main occupation, the rest of the Jewish people, whose main occupation is the physical and the material. So they have the opportunity to do acts of kindness. So when they do acts of kindness, their impact is felt in a very practical way. And you see it also in the practical way. You know, it's, it's through physical acts of kindness, it's being there, being out there, doing the tzedakah, that you actually have a very practical influence. Those who have, those, the Torah has a tremendous influence, but those But that influence is more on the scholars. Look at all the great Torah leaders and the Torah giants. Their influence was on a, a more spiritual level. They taught us wisdom and they guided us and they gave us a certain spirit and a certain energy. But those leaders who or practical and helped us practically, they left the strongest impression. The difference, for example, to Moshe and Aaron. It says when Moshe passed away, the men cried. The women didn't cry. When Aaron passed away, everyone cried. The entire Jewish people cried. The men, the women, and for 30 days they couldn't stop crying. Why? Because Aaron was the peacemaker. Aaron went around making peace when he saw two Jews fighting he would tell a little white lie he would go over to one took him to the side and says you know your friend just came to me and he said this about you and he said that about you this wonderful compliment and this wonderful thing about you he said really he said that about me I thought he's my worst enemy no and he said he feels so bad that he got into a fight with you and he went to the other person and he told him to say another white lie, the same thing. I just met your friend. And he, really? I, I said, maybe he's not so bad. I thought he was horrible. Maybe it's not so. Bad. Next time they would meet in the street, they would hug each other and make up. He would make peace between husband and wife. Aaron was a peacemaker. Aaron had his eyes. He would draw everyone close to the Torah. Because what Aaron would do is he would single out the bum in the community. And as he was walking down the street, Aaron would sidle up to him talk to him, how are you? And the person would think, Aaron doesn't mind to be seen in public with me. I'm sure he probably doesn't know who I am, what a reputation I have. I'm the biggest bum of all life in town. Aaron, the high priest, he's talking to me, he's friendly to me. And like this, he would slowly, he would say, you know, I, better, I better get my act together. And slowly, he would, That's how he would, it Was his, his eyes were on the ground, his ears were on the ground, he was constantly watching and looking and seeking war. And his whole approach was gentle and loving and kind, like Hillel. It was Hillel who said we should be the students of Aaron, because Hillel practiced what he preached. That was Hillel's approach. Gentle, kind, patient, bringing people in, elevating them to the Torah, without dumbing down the Torah, but elevating the people to the Torah, bringing peace. So Aaron, when he passed away, the whole entire nation appreciated him. Moshe... The great Moshe. There never was a Moshe. There never will be another Moshe. There's only one Mount Sinai. There'll never be another Mount Sinai. Never again. We all go to heaven. We don't come back. How many people? Moshe went to heaven and back three times. Moshe is Moshe, greatest prophet that ever lived. A greater prophet than Mashiach. The greatest prophet ever will ever live. Moshe, but Moshe was Torah. Torah is truth. Torah is sharp. Torah is crystal clear. Torah is reality. Objective truth, whether you like it or not, this is the way it is. <laughs> this is reality. Not everyone can handle it. You know, so the, the, those who are tougher can handle it. But those who are softer, it's, it's, very, it's very strong. It's very intense, very powerful. Now Moshe in the Torah writes this about Aaron. In the Torah of Moshe, the Torah points out that Aaron was beloved by everyone while Moshe was more abstract, was more lofty. It was The men cried, the women didn't cry so much. Because it's important for us to know your strength and you have to know your qualities. This is Moshe. Of course, Moshe did kindness. Moshe was the one who gave him the manna. Moshe was the one who took care of the Jewish people. But Moshe's primarily, his essence was Torah. So a person's whole life is Torah. His impact He's also on the spiritual level. He's teaching us wisdom. He's teaching us, guiding us. He's the spirit of truth, the spirit of godliness, the spirit of holiness. That's what Moshe embodied. But his, prim- his primary focus was not kindness. His primary focus was the studying of Torah. Well, Aaron, his primary focus was kindness. That's why he lit everyone's candle. He was the lamplighter. He was the one who kindled everyone's spark, ignited everyone's spark, he was able to reach everyone through love and kindness, so his impact was also very. He was able to reach the lowest level, it's like Avram. Avram was able to reach everyone, even the lowest level, even those environmentalists who worship Mother Earth. It doesn't get lower than that. You worship. You worship uh, the dust under your feet least idols, they worship something greater than them. You're you're worshipping the dust under your feet. Mother Earth, it's the ultimate paganism. And Avram was able to reach, even even them was able to reach and teach kindness. I know. Listen, the first environmental laws were in the Torah. Take care when you surround an enemy, and not to chop off a fruit-giving tree. No one has to teach us environmentalism, but environmentalism with comes from divine. The then you know that a person comes first. It's it's, liber, it's a, uh, a liberal with sanity, not this extreme environmentalism where trees come before people. You know, there's something very sick about that. That's pagan. That's that's idolatry. But the genuine environmentalism, that comes from the Torah. And that's divine and uplifting. And also, we are stewards of the earth, we are responsible for the earth. But because there's a God in this world, not because we worship Mother Earth, because we worship the one and only God, and therefore the same God tells us that there are priorities. There are times, yes, when a, a human being comes before a tree. But when a person gets up in the ear and says we should cut down human population from 7 billion to 1 billion, because every child is, is killing the trees, that's paganism, and that's idolatry, and the worst form of idolatry, the lowest form of idolatry. And don't cut that out, please. <laughs> um, but the, um, so Avraham was able to reach even the lowest. He was able to elevate and to lift up even the lowest. While Shammai, whose focus was strength, whose focus was Torah, truth, you had to climb the mountain. You had to reach his level. He couldn't lower himself down to the lowest level. That's why his impact was smaller. He had much fewer students than Hillel. Isaac had a much smaller following than Hillel, than, than Avron. Because Isaac was about quality and strength and the person who's primarily Torah, you know, he also has kindness in his life. Whoever says he only have Torah doesn't have, any, doesn't have Torah either. But since his primary focus is the internal and the wisdom and studying of the Torah, his impact is spiritual. His impact is not universal. The impact is on a higher lofty level. Those who are sensitive to spirituality and those who are open to spirituality are impacted. But the person who lowers himself to the lowest level and is able to bring himself down, like water that flows to the lowest level, is able to do acts of kindness, and those who are primarily engaged in the material world, their engagement is not primarily Torah, their engagement is in acts of goodness and kindness, and they engage in the physical world, so their mission in life is to draw down kindness into the physical, into the practical, into the tangible, so their impact is much more profound, much deeper then the Torah scholar whose whole focus is reach is only to the spiritual. So, this is why, this is what the Zohar means, that there's two levels, two different types of souls. Those whose souls are primarily the souls of Torah, and those whose primarily focus is on kindness. And the whole world is based on that. That's why, Out of all the tribes, 12 tribes, one tribe, Levi, they were the teachers. They were the ones whose focus was the spiritual. But the rest of the tribes, their focus was to engage in the material world in order to do kindness, to do acts of kindness. Because the whole foundation of creation is acts of kindness. And when we do acts of kindness, we draw down the infinite light all the way down to the lowest level to this concrete, material, tangible world. To the external level of the speech as we learned earlier, the most external part of the speech, the physical level of the speech, which comes from the breath, which produces the physical sound and speech, not the internal level of the speech, which is the, that's the spiritual realm, which produces the spiritual realm, but so to speak, the physical, the most external, superficial level of speech, which produces this material, physical, and tangible world. So in order to get Hashem to speak, so to speak, in the most physical, material, external, practical way, to draw down the infinite light into the most external level of speech, which creates and sustains the physical, material, tangible, concrete world that's ours, it's only by physical acts of kindness, physical acts of tzedakah, which is primarily done by those Jews who are engaged in the physical world. The Rebbe would stand every Sunday for hours giving tzedakah, giving dollars, Getting Jews to give tzedakah. Because this is our primary mission. Because of all the generations. While the earliest generation, the first generation, the generation of Moshe was the generation of Torah. And even the generation of the rabbis, the Talmudic rabbis, their primary engagement was the studying of Torah. We are like the lowest. We are the midgets of the midgets. We are the heels of the feet, the soles of the feet. So our primary Involvement is the concrete, the material, the tangible, acts of goodness, acts of kindness. And that's why constantly giving tzedakah, constantly physically doing an act of kindness, in the broader sense, doesn't, not only giving money, it's not limited to giving money, it's any act of kindness, concrete act of kindness, helping another person, caring for another person. This draws down Hashem's infinite light, and this has the greatest impact on the very practical, concrete level. Not just on the spiritual level, but on the very concrete level, and it draws down all the blessings, that all the blessings should also be concretized and material and tangible through the acts of
3: tzedakah. In order to call forth and bring down more than illumination and vitality from the level of the supreme breath, the lower hay, to so um, this lousy work, which entails a greater and extreme contraction the arousal from below by the Torah scholars who for only a small part of their time engage in charitable and kindly deeds is not sufficient.
1: Even though it's not sufficient, but it's indispensable, he says. It's important. They have to because we do have to draw down. We also have to sustain the higher worlds. It's important in the grander scheme of things we have to also sustain the spiritual worlds, the souls, the angels. And the only way to sustain the souls and the angels and the spiritual realms, is through this total engagement in the studying of Torah. So you have to have souls whose main occupation is really the spiritual, the inner, the spiritual, the lofty, the Torah, the Talmud, the Mishnah. And it's only by their studying the Torah and their engagement, total engagement, that we sustain the higher realms. But all of the higher realms are only here in order, ultimately, the ultimate purposes for this world, for this physical world. So, but in order to have an impact in this physical world, continue, this is affected.
3: This is affected only through an arousal by those who perform the commandments, who are occupied with deeds of charity and kindness for the major part of their life. The author, Rabbi, explains that even if a man distributes no more than a fifth of his income for charity, that faith elevates the order for parts with it to Hashem, for thereby all... His exertion becomes a dwelling for him. Moreover, his acts of kindness will arouse God's right hand of kindness.
1: So he's explaining what he just said. That He said most of their engagement, most of their days are engaged in tzedakah, charity and kindness. The question is, what do you mean? Most of our engagement is in business, is in making a living. How can you say most, of, most Jews, most of their engagement is kindness and tzedakah? So he refers to what he wrote in the first part of Tanya, chapter 34, that although by law a person is obligated to give one-tenth of his earnings to tzedakah, that's an obligation. And the Torah says don't give more than 20%. Ideally you should give 20%, but not more than 20%. So how can you say that most of your engagement is tzedakah? It's only 10% or 20%, not most of your engagements. He explains there that when you give tzedakah, it's not just the tzedakah that you're giving. It's everything that went into earning the money that allowed you to give tzedakah. Those all your business, everything that went into earning this money, all your business meetings and all those lunches and all those dinners and all those, all the effort that you put in to make that money by giving tzedakah, you elevate that whole experience. So, in a sense, everything that you're doing is really part of the tzedakah. I couldn't give this 10% unless I had a career, unless I, was, I made an honest living and I made a good living. So, everything that went in that led me, that enabled me to give this 10% is really part of the sadhaka. Because, what's the theme? Why am I working? Why is it true work? Make to make money. Well, why am I making money? To give tzedakah. <laughs> Of course, you know, for us to lead a kosher lifestyle, which is not cheap. <laughs> to be honest, to pay all my bills. But ultimately, I should be able to give tzedakah. I should be able to do, that's the mitzvah. But in order for me to do that, so therefore everything that I'm doing becomes part of the tzedakah. Yes, it's only 10%, but that's not the way to look at it. The right way to look at it is everything that got me here is all part of that mitzvah. So, so then I elevate all my, my activities all my business activities, become part of this mitzvah. So the the material becomes spiritual, the material becomes part of this mitzvah. And everything that I'm doing, since that's my theme, and that's the purpose, and that's the point, that's what it's all about, therefore it permeates everything that I do. So I'm serving Hashem, not only when I'm doing the mitzvah, even though when I'm going about my daily life, my mundane life, it's part of serving Hashem. Because in order for me to give tzedakah, I have to do this, and I have to do that, and I have to work eight hours a day, and I have to do whatever, and I have to, <laughs> you wish, right? <laughs> <And> <laughs> whatever you have to do, it's all part of my serving Hashem. So that's a much deeper way of looking at it, a much more profound way of looking at it. Then you can honestly say that most of their days are busy with tzedakah. What do you mean, most of their days are busy with tzedakah? Most of my days are busy, busy with business. Yes, but since the purpose of the business and the highlight of the business is when I give that 10%, 20% of If everything that I have done to get to this point is all part of the mitzvah. So all my life I'm busy with tzedakah. Because why am I working? I should be studying Torah all day. Why am I working? So I should be able to give tzedakah. And therefore it engages most of my day. So my main occupation is in order to give tzedakah. So the majority of Jews whose main occupation is not the studying of Torah. It's a very, only a handful of Jews whose main occupation, day and night, 24-7, is studying of Torah. So for them, even though they also have to do acts of kindness, but their main focus is the spiritual, the inner, the lofty. The, so their impact is compartmentalized to the spiritual realms. But when you give tzedakah, your life is not compartmentalized. It, has, it, it flows down even into your actions, even into your daily life. It permeates every aspect of your life. So your Yiddishkeit, in a way, is much deeper. It has touched your whole being. So much so that even when I'm doing business, it's really connecting with Hashem. That's much more profound. That's much deeper than the rabbi's whole day studying Torah. That means his life is compartmentalized. His, his spiritual life is dedicated to Hashem. But it's doesn't engage his full life but here when everything that I do my main occupation everything that I do is really part of giving tzedakah then every part of me even my action is also permeated with the divine with godliness with my yiddish and therefore the impact that I have in the world is also much more profound we draw down the infinite light and Hashem in turn also gives tzedakah Uh, the divine energy now flows all the way down to the lowest level And this is what sustains the world, and this is what continuously creates the world. So if we wonder why Hashem is constantly creating the world and sustaining the world and bringing blessings down to the world, despite everything that's going on, it's only because of the acts of tzedakah, goodness and kindness. Because most Jews, the main occupation is giving tzedakah. It's a very powerful statement, he says. Who engage most of their days with tzedakah and kindness. And he refers to tr- chapter 34 because everything that they do is really just leading up to enabling them to be able to give tzedakah and to do acts of kindness. Because when you're out there and you're in your business and you're out there, the opportunities to do kindness not only because you have money, so you can write a check, or you can give tzedakah. But the opportunity to do kindness, because your whole business is interacting with people and interacting with others. The whole business is based on... Studying Torah is a very solitary uh, engagement. You're studying Torah, you're lost in the books, you're lost in the... You don't even have to engage with other people. But business, by definition, is engaging with other people. So you're constantly noticing and involved with other people, and you have opportunities to kindness and, to, and that's, what sustains, that's what sustains creation, that's why Hashem continues to create sustain the world, bless the world it's because of the acts of tzedakah and kindness, because of the, which most Jews are engaged in, and how much more so today when we don't even have the status of a Torah scholar today someone whose main occupation is studying Torah, it's so rare on that level of a true Torah scholar. So we are very practical people. We're very down-to-earth practical people. So surely our main occupation and emphasis has to be on acts of tzedakah, acts of kindness. And even those who are fortunate enough to be engaged in Torah study, it's not enough for them just to be engaged in their own Torah study, but they have to dedicate their lives also to do kindness, to communicate that Torah study, to teach, to communicate, to, to be involved, interact with the community and build and, and help another person and act of goodness and kindness. That has to be, that's a key emphasis, especially in today's day and age when we want to draw down Hashem's light in the lowest level. When the world has reached the lowest of the low, we want to draw Hashem's light into this lowest, lowest level We also have to lower ourselves and help and be there for others and be kind and do acts of goodness and kindness. And then Hashem will also draw down His infinite light into our world and our level.
2: That is why people who are mainly occupied with such mitzvah are called the supporters of the Torah itself. And not only of those who study the Torah for by their activities, They draw down the light of the Torah from its root and source so that it will illuminate this physical world below.
1: That's why they're called supporters of the Torah. It doesn't say supporters of those who study Torah. That would make more sense. There are people who partner with the Torah scholars and say, I'll work, you study Torah, and I'll support you. He should have said supporters of those who study Torah. He says, no, supporters of the Torah itself. Because by acts of tzedakah, you're not only supporting those who study Torah, you're supporting the Torah. Because the infinite light, which is only drawn through the studying of Torah, but in order to draw down this infinite light all the way down to the physical world, it has to be accompanied with acts of tzedakah. Who are those who primarily do acts of tzedakah? It's those who are supporting the Torah scholars. So they, by supporting the Torah scholars, not only are they supporting the Torah scholars, they're also supporting the Torah. They're helping draw down this light that the Torah scholars are touching, tapping into. But through the acts of tzedakah, they're drawing down this light all the way into this physical, finite, limited world. Our physical, <coughs> tangible, concrete world.
2: These people represent the levels of netzach and had, which are analogous to the two thighs, which enable a man to stand upon the ground, the function of the seferet of Netzach and Had is similar, because they cause the light of Torah to issue downward to the world of Asir.
0: So the
1: legs are the thighs, the legs are what connects the person, the body, to the ground. You know, you can, you can sit, you can be, you're above ground. What connects you to the ground? Your feet are firmly planted on the ground, it's your feet. That connect you to the ground, that ground you. Otherwise, you can, you know, the person could be for himself, but there's no connection. There's no connection to the to the earth, to the ground, the physical. So it's the legs that take the body and connect it to the ground. So it's these. Those who support, those who give tzedakah, they take the Torah, which is the mind. (coughs) and even the heart, and they take it and connect it to the ground. They draw it down and connect it to the physical, to the tangible. So they're called the thighs, the legs. It means you have your feet firmly planted in this world, to have an impact in this
0: world. That's why the Torah is called the
1: foundation. The Torah is called the foundation. Um, The Torah is the infinite light. So yes, the Torah is what draws down Hashem. It touches, taps into the divine light. But what draws it down is sadak. You need the legs. a person has no legs, God forbid, it doesn't affect your mind. You can have your mind, but you're not touching the ground. You're disconnected from the ground. It's the legs that connect the body, the brain, to the ground. So it draws down the rest of the body to the ground. To the, keeps you firmly planted. So it's the tzedakah that draws the Torah, the light that the Torah scholar is drawing down to the studying of Torah. It's the tzedakah, those who give tzedakah, that draw down that light to the, down to earth. a very practical lowest level.
0: Now it is clear why charity is referred to as an act. And that is in the verse and the act of charity will be peace for the effect of charity is to elicit the light of Hashem down to the world of Asiyah and this is the meaning of the subtle phraseology of the holy Zohar he who makes the holy name expressly saying who makes that's he says act
1: of tzedakah is an act because the The effect of tzedakah is to draw down the light to this physical world, the external world, the most superficial world, the most tangible, concrete world, which is our world, the world of Asiyah. Okay, now we're coming back to the beginning of the letter. Now we're coming to the punchline of the whole letter. It's a very long, lengthy letter, very profound. And the question that he posed at the beginning is, the whole letter began, he quoted a verse from Samuel. It says that King David made a name for himself literal meaning is that he had a good reputation amongst Jews and even amongst non-Jews because he would bury the enemies. He would bury his enemies, take care of them, treat them with dignity. Even, even his own enemies, after he killed them, he would bury them. And um, that's a literal meaning. But the Zohar says it means that King David made Hashem's name. How? By giving Tadak Through his acts of kindness... He, made, he created, he made Hashem's name. So he said, what do you mean you make Hashem's name? How, do, how does a human being make God's name, Hashem's name? So first he explained the idea of name. The name is Yud-K, and Hashem creates the world with the Yud-K. And the whole idea of letters and, and words. And the Yud, uh, with Yud, Hashem created the Olam Haba, the Garden of Eden. And with the, hey, Hashem created this world. And after this whole explanation, Now we come back to the beginning to understand this whole idea. So he says, and this is the meaning of the subtle phraseology of the Holy Zohar.
0: For as an arousal from below, through charity and mortal chesed, one arouses the supernal chesed, to elicit the infinite ain'ts of light from the supernal Chochmah, the yud of the Divine Name, to the hay of the name, to the speech and breath of Hashem's blessed mouth, in order to draw down divine light to the world of Asiya, and analogously speaking, though infinitely incomparable, a human being speaks only to others, and not when he is alone. And then, when speaking to them, he contracts his intellect and thought, the intelligent will understand.
1: So that's the idea, why do you have to make Hashem's name? Because it's unnatural. For Hashem to draw down His infinite light, and His infinite wisdom, into two letters, to concentrate into two letters, which is the whole source of this world and the upper worlds, the two letters of Yud-K, is completely unnatural. It comes about through tremendous tzimtzum. So you have to make it. It's not something that's natural. It's something that has to be made. What causes it? How do you make it? How do you affect this? Tremendous concentration of Hashem's infinite light in order to Hashem should say, so to speak, these two letters and thereby create and sustain, continue to create the upper world and the lower world and our world. It's by acts of tzedakah. When we give tzedakah, since God is interactive, Hashem is interacting, and we give tzedakah, we cause Hashem to give tzedakah. So King David, by his acts of goodness and kindness, which is connected to the literal meaning of the verse, he made a reputation for himself by his generosity and acts of tzedakah and kindness. He made Hashem's name. He caused Hashem to draw down. Because Hashem for Himself, He doesn't need to speak. Speech is only for someone else. Hashem alone, left alone, there's no speech. Speech is only when you have to speak to someone outside of you. So what causes Hashem to speak to others? When we notice another person we speak to others, and we're kind to others. So when we're kind to others, we cause Hashem also to speak. And, so to speak, to notice us. But, the difference is, when we speak, the person exists even before we speak. We just speak to someone outside of us. We don't create them. When Hashem speaks, His speech creates something outside of them. But when we're able to do an act of goodness and kindness to those outside of us and to help them. And especially when we do a concrete act of goodness and kindness. So we cause Hashem also to speak. And to create a world that's outside of Hashem. So when we do an act of kindness to someone else, Hashem creates someone else. He creates us. He continues to create us. Hashem is interactive. He says in the parentheses, but not when he's alone, because there is a concept of speaking to yourself. <laughs> right, there is that concept. It happens to the best of us, right? Speak to yourself.
0: <laughs> right.
1: You say, how, how do you get? How do you make? How do you make sure your spouse will listen to you? Speak in your sleep. <laughs> <laughs> listen to every word. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> sorry, that's not a good joke for newlyweds. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so there is a concept where Hashem sort of speaks, speaks for himself. There's the idea before the Tzimtzum even, there's the like idea of Hashem's royalty, Hashem's speech. That's like Alter Rebbe says elsewhere, it's like Hashem speaking to himself. But the true speech is when you speak to someone else, when there's somebody to speak to. Don't don't worry, rabbis speak to themselves all the time. (laughs) 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 No one is listening to what they say. (laughs) But the normal speech is, uh, you're speaking to someone else, There's, there's an audience, there's somebody listening to you, somebody hearing you. When Hashem speaks, He creates the audience. So in order for Hashem to speak and to create, the yud k the two letters, and to create the world that's outside of Hashem, the higher world, the spiritual world, the physical world, the material, the tangible world, it's when we do an act of kindness. We notice someone else. That's what tzedakah is. Tzedakah is you helping someone else. The downtrodden, someone who's outside of you. Someone who's not even on your level. That's the true meaning of Asiyah. He says tzedakah is action. What's the difference between action? Why the emphasis on action? The difference between thought, speech, and action. When you think, nobody knows what you're thinking. Thought is for yourself. When you speak, the other person knows what you're thinking, knows what you're speaking But who do you speak to? You have to speak to someone who's on your level. You're not going to have a conversation with a goat. You speak to another human being. So yes, you're speaking to someone outside of you, but you're speaking to someone who's on your level. Action, however... You can act with, you can interact with something that's completely not on your level. You can take a stone and do action on the stone and and chisel it and you can take a polish or whatever. Action is not limited, action reaches very far. Action is even so on, so on is totally not on your level, not only to a fellow human being, to an animal, to a tree, even to a stone. So when he says tzedakah's action, he calls tzedakah maizat tzedakah, the action of tzedakah, we're talking about the type of tzedakah to a person who's not on your level. It's one thing to be kind to your contemporary, to your colleague, to someone who's on your level. That's not the ultimate ultimate level of kindness is when it's an act of kindness. Someone who's so downtrodden, someone who's so far away from you, like Avram opened up his tent to those who worship the dust of their feet. Someone who's totally not on your level, someone who probably doesn't even deserve that kindness. It doesn't matter. That's the act of kindness. The act of kindness is to reach someone who's so far from you, the farthest you can go. You are a human being. You're Adam. You're you're an intellectual, and you're talking to someone who's on the level of action, like five degrees of separation between action and then the speech and then the thought and then there's emotions and then there's intellect. You're reaching with through action. You can touch the person who's farthest away from you. Through an act of goodness and kindness, you can reach anyone. Because everyone appreciates an act of, act of kindness. Even the person who's so not on your level, who's so far from you, who's living in a different universe than you. And that's the whole point of Tadaka, to reach the lowest level. Because we want Hashem's infinite light to reach the lowest level, to this concrete, tangible, material world, which is the most external, superficial, the most external part of speech, the hay, you have to do an act of kindness to evoke that. By engaging a real act of kindness, by reaching very, very far. A person who's not on your level. And that's why who achieves this primarily? It's not those people, those Jews whose main occupation is studying Torah. Because they don't really interact with the physical world, they don't really act with people, interact with people who are so far away from them. The whole universe is, is Torah, people who can they can talk to with Torah. So the whole universe, the whole impact is a very spiritual, very compartmentalized. But the majority of Jews, their main occupation is the world of action. They're engaged in the material, physical world, and they have opportunities to do kindness. They can reach even the lowest level and bring that kindness and that godliness and that goodness even to the lowest level. They can impact the physical world. Therefore, they evoke that response within Hashem. They bring down that infinite flow, that flow down even into this lowest level, and therefore they're the ones who sustain the world. They're the ones who cause. And that was David Amal, King David, through his acts of kindness, by engaging in the world, and doing battle with the world, and engaging the world, and even with his enemies, and yet he did acts of kindness. He is the one who drew down Hashem's name. He is the one who caused Hashem to speak to someone outside of him, to create someone outside of him. And ultimately to create this physical world, a world of action, a world that's so far away from Hashem, so to speak. The most external superficial part of the age, the physical act of speech, just the, the sound which creates this physical external superficial world that we live in, that we're trapped in, that we cannot get beyond, that we can only see the body and we can only relate to the body and only see the material and the tangible, the shell and and... By drawing down, doing kindness, we draw down the divine light into this lowest level, the action, the world of action. And we draw down Hashem's, Hashem's infinite light into the world of action and we sustain the world. This was the Alter Rebbe's appeal letter. We don't get such letters today. <laughs> we get sob stories, we get... Uh, but the Alter, this is the Alter Rebbe's appeal letter.
2: You know, this is... Uh, We've,
1: we've had a few already of these appeal letters. Most of the letters, 32 letters, are appeal letters. That Alter Rebbe used to write. Alter Rebbe, we don't have many letters from Alter Rebbe, but this was his annual appeal letter to the Hasidim, inspiring them to give tzedakah. So every letter reveals another profound aspect of tzedakah, the power of tzedakah. It's revolutionary. You know, it's, it's, you, once you understand, you appreciate the power of kindness and the effect that the kindness does and, and the tangible physical kindness act of kindness reaching the lowest level simply helping a person in need and this sustains creation and this draws Hashem down and this causes Hashem to speak and this brings out when you realize it, a light's a fire and the tzedakah that you give is with passion Then the one who's collecting tzedakah doesn't have to work so hard He's, you give it generously, and you give it joyfully, and you give it with pleasure and, and you, in abundance. Don't forget, Alter Rebbe spoke to his Hasidim and didn't have a penny; a penny, to, they were starving to death. You know, half of them. You know, and Alter Rebbe demanded from them to give tzedakah and to be generous, and because if you realize the power of tzedakah, how it's such an essential part of a Jew's life. It's part of my Judaism. It's not like. My Judaism is my Torah and my prayer and the tzedakah, you know, is incidental. No, this is this is core, this is a key, this is essential, this is part of my serving Hashem. I'm being a partner with Hashem in creation, I'm drawing Hashem down, I'm causing creation. And it's a whole different tzedakah, it's a whole different... Uh, so the Rebbe stood every Sunday giving tzedakah, and encouraging us to give tzedakah dollars and making us as emissaries to give tzedakah, to increase tzedakah. Every Sunday, the Rebbe got 10,000 people to give tzedakah. Amazing, amazing thing. And it wasn't just the dollar they gave. Many people gave a lot more than the dollar. But the idea of that tzedakah is such an essential part of a Jew's life and the Rebbe would spend the whole day, a whole Sunday, giving, you know, every minute, every moment of the Rebbe was so precious. But, he was to teach us a lesson. He did it for years and years, teaches teach us a lesson how essential it is, especially in our day and age, especially for the majority of us, how tzedakah is such an essential part of our Judaism and our serving Hashem. And the whole world depends on it. Our whole existence, our whole life, very life and very existence depends on that tzedakah. Once you realize that your very life and very existence depends on tzedakah,
0: then it's a whole different story.